0: Welcome back to Resolved. We all encounter difficult issues at times. Life can get tough and it may seem impossible. But no matter what and through it all, Jesus Christ is the answer. And through him we can rise up and be more than conquerors. Today's message deals with waiting. Waiting on God is very important in the testing of one's faith. It's the third part of this series on the elements of prayer. That's coming up next on Resolved. Now let's join Pastor Tom Porter.
1: We've been speaking about prayer, talking about we talked a couple of weeks ago. We talked about when the disciples came to Jesus, said, "Lord, teach us how to pray." And Jesus said, "When thou prayest, pray us in like manner." And so he gave us uh, an example. I want you to turn to the book of Habakkuk. It's in the Old Testament, towards the end. It's one of the minor prophets. Back in chapter 2, we'll look at chapter 2, we'll also look at 1, we'll jump over to 1, we're going to look at chapter 2 first. And while you're turning, um, one of the elements of prayer is, is waiting, waiting. Uh, we're going to talk about 12 different elements of prayer. When you have your prayer time, let's say you have it for, let's say an hour a day, I don't know what your time is, maybe it changes, but if it's an hour a day. And so if you'll plug in these different elements, and today we'll talk about, I thought we'd get to uh, waiting and confessing, but we'll, we'll save confessing for next week. But uh, this thing called waiting. None of us like to wait. Do you like to wait? I don't like to wait. Uh, unless it's something that you don't want to do, then you don't mind waiting for it. We wait for traffic lights. I have a game that we, we have in our family. It's, I call it the MacGyver game. Remember MacGyver? I mean, he was my... I just love MacGyver. He could get out of any situation. But it's always at the end of the show, there was a time clock, and a bomb was about to go off at a certain time. He had to defuse the bomb. And so when I'm at a traffic light, oftentimes I'll say, okay, by the time I count to 25, if the light doesn't turn green, my whole car blows up, you know? And uh, and just like TV, it's not real. It doesn't really happen. My wife, now if she's with me, I don't have to play MacGyver. I've got her by my side. She's one of those people that watches a, a red light, a traffic light, like a dog looks at raw meat. She's just looking at it. And I, you know, I'm just sitting there just, you know, looking who's next to me, what they're driving, looking at this. It's green. You know, oh, God, it scared me to death. It's green. Okay. I said, honey, it's a wonder I ever get home without you in the car, you know. It's just the way it works. Trains. When trains go by, every now and then here, we get caught by a train. Do you count the cars? Do you like doing it? I do. I'm a counter, if you're a counter. A flock of, of seagulls fly by, or especially those uh, wonderful birds, the pelican. Yeah, the pelican goes by. I always count how many pelicans are in the formation. You know, I'm just a counter. But waiting. We wait for water to boil. What's the old saying? A watch pot never boils, right? We wait for bread to toast. I play MacGyver with that one, too. Okay, by the time I count to 50, the bread doesn't pop up, the whole house blows up, you know. And it just makes waiting a little bit more exciting in my life. Uh, microwave uh, popcorn. You know, we have children in our church today, they know nothing about popping corn the old-fashioned way. Popping corn the old-fashioned way, that was kind of like preparing a meal, wasn't it? You know, you had to get the pot out, you had to get the oil out, you had to get the popcorn out, the seasoning, the salt, you know, and shake, 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 and Jiffy Pop. And these kids, I, I... I would love to know if they still sell Jiffy Pop in a store, pop, pop, Jiffy Pop, and, uh, but waiting for that. We wait for stores. We wait in banks. I was at Walmart the other day, and I was standing in a long line, and he got all these cash registers they bought and purchased, but they don't have enough people to man them, cutbacks, you know? And uh, so I'm standing in this long line, and I'm, I'm, all I'm buying is a, uh, a carton of uh, milk and a box of Captain Crunch cereal. And uh, by the time I got through that long line, my picture was on the carton of milk as a missing person, and the admiral had been promoted to or the captain had been promoted to admiral by that time I got through there. Have you ever thought about how much we wait? And if this is not bad enough, we live in a culture that says we don't have to wait. We have a right to get what you want when you want it, get it now. We're in that instant gratification, they call it. Think about commercials. What's the number one sales pitch for a credit card? You can buy it now on credit. Young people, don't, get, don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into that trap. Man, you, you can't pay cash for it. Uh, I know a lot of you have debit cards, and that's well and good. Don't fall into that trap, young people. Uh, don't go in debt. Don't go in debt. And uh, fast food businesses, that's what they're all about. You know, you can just pull right in. You don't have to get out of your car. You get it right now and um, it's so convenient we just don't like waiting we're in that society today we want it, we want it now hurry up, we want it right away the car commercials hey, no, no money down, sign, drive today and with all this pressure is it any wonder we have a don't wait attitude when it comes to spiritual things when it comes to the things of God God, I want it and I want it now When it comes to spiritual things, it is probably the hardest to wait, especially when it comes to this topic of prayer, more specifically, answered prayer. Have you ever prayed for a length of time for something to either happen or change or whatever your request is? Even the great ones in the Bible, I think of Daniel, Jeremiah, the disciples, especially Peter. This thing about waiting, didn't like to wait, very impatient. And then, of course, it's you and I. if You'll be honest with with people, we really really don't like to wait in our society anymore. Habakkuk, the prophet, had been praying for a long time for God to do something in Israel. He wanted revival in the worst of ways. He waited, and he waited, and he waited so long that the first words we read in this small book Look at it, Habakkuk, let's look at chapter 1 and verse 2. In chapter 1 and verse 2, Habakkuk says to God, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Well, God does answer, but the prophet does not like the answer that God gives him. How about that? you ever fallen in that category? God answers your prayer, but it's not the one you wanted. You wanted something in the affirmative, and God gave it to you in the negative. And you thought, oh, I, 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 no, Lord, I really want this. I, 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 I. Now, follow me here. His first answer from God was a long time coming. So Habakkuk digs in for another long haul. A good example for us this morning. He, he knows, okay, this first answer, I had to pray long and hard. It said here, oh, Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou wilt not hear, explanation mark. He's questioning God. You know what? It's okay to question God. It's okay to ask God questions. And He's saying, "Lord, how long shall I have to pray? A good example here. Listen to the words recorded. Now go to chapter two, back of chapter two and verse one. "I will stand, look at it. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and will watch to see what He will say unto me." and what I shall answer when I am reproved. We're going to dissect this verse this morning. God does give him an answer. And he says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. Now, we don't understand that jargon so much because we don't live in Habakkuk's day. But there are three elements of this waiting that we must, we must practice. If you're taking notes, a a commitment to perseverance. We need to persevere in our prayers. A commitment to watch. We need to be on guard. We need to watch. We need to listen. We need to be attentive to the Holy Spirit in our lives. And thirdly, we need to commit to act. We need to commit to act. So may God grant us a listening heart and a will to wait on his answers to our prayers. May you and may I determine in our prayer life that I will wait. Let's pray. Father, help us to understand this element of prayer in this area of waiting. Help us to wait upon thee. Help us to wait upon you to renew our strength. Help us to wait. We live in a fast-paced society. We, we, we come across issues in our lives, and, and we, have this, uh, we, we have times when uh, we need an answer, and we need it now. And thank God that you do that. You're quick to give an answer when, when it's needed, when it's best for us. And you're quick to hold back an answer, or at least say no when we want yes. You're quick to do that as well. Help us to be attentive. Help us to commit to perseverance, to watching, and to acting upon the Holy Spirit as he leads us in our Christian lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Habakkuk was a prophet between the fall of the capital city of Syria. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. And you all know Nineveh grew up in the walled city, but then it fell again. And then there was the invasion of Judah. So between the fall of Nineveh and the invasion of Judah, this, this prophet, this small book here in our Bible, Habakkuk, is, is the prophet. And the question that Habakkuk had was, he had two. Why does God often seem indifferent in the face of evil? Let me say that again. Why does God often seem indifferent in the face of evil? We have today these Muslim extremists. They're, they're, they're growing by leaps and bounds. And you think, man, Lord, why? Why the invasion of Muslim extremists in our country? Oh, God, you know it's wrong. God, what, do something about it. And you see it growing and growing and growing. States being overrun by Muslim extremists. And then the other question, first was, why does God often seem indifferent in the face of evil? And then secondly, why do evil people seem to go unpunished? Why do evil people seem to go unpunished? we got tons of examples of that. I'm thinking right now Benghazi. All the evil going in and and killing our our diplomat, our ambassador there, and our soldiers there. And, oh yes, we're going to find these people, we're going to bring them to justice, and justice has not been done yet. Why is it that, why do evil people, why do the worldly people, they seem to, to get all the money, they get all the fame, they get all the good things. and the Christians suffer as we see the day approaching. The book of Habakkuk brings the people's questions to God. Habakkuk was saddened by the corruption he saw around him and in response, he poured out his heart to God. We see corruption all around us even today and in this prayer, he's pouring out his heart to the Almighty God and we can learn a lot from this passage in Habakkuk. And when the answer to our prayers don't come quickly, there are a number of things we need to commit ourselves to do. First, commit to perseverance. Look at Habakkuk 2 verse 1 again. He says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. He uses imagery here that we don't understand because we're not living in his time. In ancient times, there was no early detection systems for advancement of the enemy coming in. All they had was their eyes and their ears they didn't have radar they didn't have infrared night vision they didn't have unmanned drones like we have today and all these advancements on security they didn't have that kind of thing they had men standing on the wall they had men standing in a tower overlooking the uh, the outer perimeter of where they were living and they were watching they were listening looking for intruders and these towers stood high above the trees and and, uh, and, and so the, the individuals who were doing the watching had to persevere during their time on their watch no matter what the weather conditions, no matter what the heat of the day, the cool of the night, whatever it was. Some of you in here remember, some of you Marines, some of you soldiers in here, airmen, naval guys, you remember one of your first duties as a, as a, as a new recruit going into the military, you had to stand guard. You had, to do, you had to pull guard duty. And uh, in, 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 in peace times, if you were caught sleeping, back in World War I, you were caught sleeping, well, in peace times, you'd have to spend some time in the hoose uh, cow, in the prison, in the stockade. But there was times you did that during wartime, you were shot on the spot and replaced. Standing guard. Standing guard. So here's the application for Habakkuk. Habakkuk was determined to wait on God. He said, I'm going to stand on that wall. I am determined to hear from you, God. He was not going to stand on the wall necessarily or climb into a tower. It, It was a way of him saying that he was in it for the long haul if necessary. He was going to stand guard with spiritual eyes and ears and wide open and experience prayer with the Almighty God. Habakkuk and concerning this passage, uh, and a commentary was written about, about this, this, this verse, and it says that the watchtower indicates the consecrated openness, the unwearied waiting of the prophet for a divine word. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth what? Much. The effectual fervent prayer. The application for us, first of all is the relationship to prayer for some reason we think that god is obligated to answer our prayers when we want uh want them and and when we want them and how we want them and and, and it is that i should have no, i should not have to wait syndrome god answers prayers he says yes no wait some person told me you know i prayed and prayed for my husband to get over cancer and 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 he never got over cancer, and he died having cancer. I said, God answered your prayer. He doesn't have cancer anymore. He was a Christian. He's in heaven. There's no more cancer. But we must be willing to be persistent and persevere for as long as it takes. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There are many good reasons for this to be our attitude, two of which I want to place before you. As you know, the reasons the answer might be delayed. Prayer involves spiritual warfare. Think of Daniel. Talk about spiritual warfare that Daniel went through, and all the battles spiritually that he fought ended up in the lion's den, and God wrought the victory. And then, secondly, there's prayer involves divine purpose. Abraham and Sarah, they prayed for a child for many, many years, prayed for a baby. Then they thought, you know what? God's just—he's just not listening. We just need to do it our way. And so Sarah says, well, take my handmaid, lay with her, have a child by her. And they did. And then later on, Sarah and Abraham have a baby. And because they circumvented, they went around God's will. They had sorrow and agony in their life. You see, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We need to wait upon the Lord. You need to learn that. And so it's, it's, it's one of the hardest lessons to learn is waiting on God. The words, the second reason for delayed prayer is our daily walk. We need to be able to, to go about our daily routines with a, a, a peace of mind that God is working. Can't see it, can't know it right now, but I know that God is where God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God is concerned about us. God loves us. question is do we love God and so the question is we need to we need to stay in a right a right uh, fellowship with the Lord we talked about that last week the difference between fellowship and relationship and so Habakkuk he said I I can't see it happening but I I know it's going to happen we learn to lean on God and trust him so we need to to grow, We don't need to grow weary, but rather grow more committed to the Lord. This thing of perseverance in both our prayer life and walk. It is as a manner of, I'm going to trust God, whatever comes. And This brings us to the second major point of the message concerning waiting on God. We need a commitment to watch. Look back at Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. That's talking about commitment. And then he says, I will watch to see what he will say unto me. The prophet not only made a commitment to wait on God, but, he, but to look for his will, to look for his answer. And there is an idea of staying alert, uh, uh, active reconnaissance, if you will. He was not just having an exercise in patience, but rather his patience was focused towards the end to hear from God must be noted i believe that here he was now open to whatever god had to say not just what he wanted to hear and this is where the rubber meets the road so to speak we are we willing are we willing to hear from god even if the answer is not what we imagined or what we wanted do you really want to hear what god has to say quite often i, I i don't think we are looking for a specific answer to a need a problem or direction and so we're not alert to all that god may be saying i felt called of god to work with youth most kids most young people coming out of bible school what they'll say is they'll say oh i'm going to work with kids and that's just a natural transformation you get out of bible school well you don't want to just jump right in with adults you just want to you know, start out with with a uh, youth ministry, so to speak, and, and start out that way, and um, and 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 not taking away anything from you know people that work with youth. I mean, it's a that's a calling of God, and uh, and they're, they're the, some of the best men. Our youth pastor, he is he's a man up in years. He's almost as old as I am. He's a man up in years, and and yeah, it's good. It's good, but he's you know normally you know sometimes you get some some kid in there to to be a a youth pastor and he's not much older than the kids themselves and but the kids can look and say you know what he's got a family he's got a wife he's got kids look at them look what God's doing and yeah I I want to I want them to 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 follow him I want to be his uh, the one in his in his youth group and uh, and appreciate the experience and the leadership of him. But that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work with you. I wanted to have a camp. I love the outdoors. And I, you know, wear those shorts that have all, you know, those safari shorts, all those pockets, my safari hat and my vest. And, you know, I just wanted to be Yogi the Bear or something out there and just, just, just play camp. And spun my, and prayed and prayed and prayed about it. Got onto a home, BIMI mission board, was a home missionary, and and set up the camp, getting things ready, getting a house put on the camp, a house, a mobile home, and uh, on on the on the lot, and 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 but just I was spinning my wheels in spiritual mud, going nowhere with that, praying awful hard, and it wasn't until the day I said, okay Lord, I'm gonna quit telling you what I want to do, you tell me now what you want me to do big difference there isn't it we tell god what what we want but we always say god what you want in our lives and then you have to be ready to handle the answer that you get and the answer was (laughs) i mean within within a month after praying that prayer maybe even less but i'll give it a month within a month of praying that prayer i was in lake wells florida at a hotel that was built in 1927 i was standing in that hotel and God called me to work with senior adults. I went from the Alpha all the way up to the Omegas uh, right then. Oh, man, Lord, that's a 180, big time. That's the best thing that ever happened to me. It's been the, come of the greatest years of my life. You have to be willing to say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going I'm to listen. I'm going to pray and to hear what God will have to say to me. The key to this point is found in this phrase, I will watch to see what he will say unto me. So we find in this one verse the necessity to persevere, to look for God's answers, but there's one thing that we need to have, and that is a commitment. Lastly, a commitment to act. Go back to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand upon my watch. I'll set upon the tower. Okay, that's, that's persevering. I will watch to see what God will say unto me. And then lastly, And what I shall answer when I am reproved. Well, what does Habakkuk mean with that statement? We must remember two things. First and foremost, he is a prophet for God. His ministry is to speak to Judah the words that God gives to him. Secondly, he he has not been thrilled with what the Lord has given to him so far and is probably not sure what God's answers will be to the latest petition. So, With that said, we might be able to understand the phrase, when I am reproved. He's thinking, you know, the Lord's going to reprove me on this. The Lord's going to call me out. The Lord's going to set me straight. He's probably expecting God to speak to him about his questioning. But as (coughs) we will soon see, God doesn't do that. And I truly believe that Habakkuk was waiting on God's message to give to the people. And he was a prophet, he was speaking to Judah and needing a reply for Judah. In other words, he was... He was looking to act upon what God had told him to do. So the application for us is probably self-evident. Waiting and hearing is not enough. We must be willing to act. I could say, you know, Lord, man, you know, Lake Wales. I mean, come on, Lake Wales, the home of the living dead. I mean, this is just, this is just, there's just old people here. And I, oh no, Lord, I, I want youth. I want, I want young people. I want to be out camping with them. Show them how to make a fire. Show them how to cook. Show them, show them how to be a man. Show them how to be a woman. I, wanna, I want young people, Lord. I don't want these has-beens in here. Look at all. Man, 1927, this building. It looks like it, Lord. This building's just shambles here. Lord, you calling me to do this? Let me tell you, that was not my reaction at all. Man, my, because I had loving grandparents. I love my grandparents. I didn't know it, but that was a fit for Tom Porter but I didn't know it I thought man Lord I knew what I wanted I wanted to work with you and God put me he had to he had to send me down to Lake Wells Florida to to a, a beautiful hotel fully restored it was built in 1927 it was built then the crash happened it was called the Wells Built Hotel and, and, and but they completely painted it restored it, cleaned up all the rooms, the pool out back, everything the, the dining halls and the mezzanine level and, and everything and man senior adults loved it, they thought man they've just gone back in time into the 20s and 30s and we all wore costumes at work there kind of like Disney does and, and, and it was just great, it was a beehive of activity and, and God just worked in my heart to work with Not with youth, but with adults, mature adults. What a blessing that was. But what if it had been, I said, no, Lord, that's not, no, 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 no. That's not what I want to do. It has to be, I want to do, God, I want to do what you want me to do. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Tom Porter of Temple Baptist Church in Titusville, Florida. I would like to thank you for joining me in this podcast and bringing the good news that Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. There is no problem too big and no blessing too small when Jesus is the Lord of our lives. I would like to ask you a question. When you die, where will you spend eternity? Will you spend it with Jesus forever or be eternally separated from Him? You know, the Bible says, Whosoever calleth upon the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved from their sins. You know, it's God's desire for you to have faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Your sins have separated you from God. You must admit to God that you're a sinner and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Jesus bridges that gap between you on this earth and heaven. Will you accept Jesus as your personal Savior today? It's easier than you think. You can pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I realize that you paid the penalty for my sins on the cross and I want to receive you into my life right now. Save me from my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me, then you've been born into the family
0: of God. Thanks for listening. Resolved is a production of Temple Baptist Church, Titusville, Florida, USA. For notes on this message and others, you can find them at resolved.podbean.com. If you wish to send us a question or comment, you can email them to us at resolved.tbc at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Resolved Podcast. Make sure you visit our website at www.templebc.net. If you're ever in our area, we hope that you'll come by and see us. Remember, Jesus is Lord. Take care and God bless you.